Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartan, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. or on the web at seu.edu slash apex. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. Okay, well, welcome in, everyone. It's Thursday. It's the Apex Hour. I am so happy to be here. It's October here at Southern Utah University. And today on campus for Apex events, we have been exploring meditation, yoga, wellness, and just the overall well-being that comes with a mindfulness practice. And our guru for today and always <laughs> is Mandeep. So I'd like to welcome into the studio Mandeep. Welcome. Satnam, yo, yo, thank you. <laughs> I love it. Well, we had such a great time today. You you led us through a mindfulness practice, and we're just going to kind of continue the conversation and get into a little bit more detail. Um, for anyone listening, I would love for you to maybe talk about the Satnam greeting, because actually, I think that's just a beautiful way to start talking about the importance of of self and the sense of self in it. So would you share with us what what is the meaning of Satnam. I'd love to. So yeah, Satnam. Sat is a derivative of Satya, which is part of the yogic philosophy of the Eightfold Path. And Satya is truthfulness. So be true to yourself. So Sat means truth. And Sat is identifying with your true self, your true nature, your authentic self, which is your soul, your spirit, however you wish to identify with your true authentic self. Uh, and, uh, it can be, you know, non-dogmatic. It can be secular. It could be whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Nam is, uh, bowing, um, being very devotional to that true self. So when I sat Nam you, <laughs> I'm identifying my soul with your soul and vice versa. So it's a higher consciousness, uh, salutation mm-hmm. and it's coming and going. It's either way, or you can just sat Nam a moment like, oh my God, sat Nam. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That was actually going to be my next question because I, I wondered if it was more of a, an introductory greeting or intro and it could be an anytime greeting, just an acknowledgement of the moment. Yeah, it's an acknowledgement of the moment. And it is written that, uh, sometimes it can be that a person can hear Satnam for the first time and become enlightened. Wow. It's that powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They can have like their, oh my gosh, I'm waking up moment. Wow, I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And for those who might be nervous, I mean, would you just suggest like start using it? Is it something that even a, a lay yeah. person, an inexperienced sure. yogi could use? Absolutely. It's This is a language of uh, universal consciousness. Mm. So yeah, it doesn't identify necessarily with any particular sect or, um, you know, dogmatic approach. It's a universal approach to consciousness. Wow. Yeah. Which is, I think, what we're moving into in the world these days. Well, that's a great segue. I mean, we were going to start by talking about background <laughs> and things like that, but off we go. Let's, 
you know, let's get into the power of the practice, especially yeah. in, in today's. One of the first things, even when you and I were, were talking um, before you arrived here, was mm-hmm. just the importance of um, supporting and connecting with each other now. I mean, we're talking in October of 2020. People may end up listening to this in the future. Who knows? But uh, I wondered if you could talk about how your mindfulness practice helps you now and and ha- could help all of us. Like, why now? Why mindfulness now? Well, in particularly now, there's, unfortunately, there's a strong uprising of mental health uh, disturbances, dysfunction. Um, yeah, it's very, very um, disheartening in a sense and upsetting to see what's happening. And a lot of that has been uh, derived from the social distancing, the mandated social distancing, as well as just the pressure and the stress of all the uncertainty that's going down with the COVID-19 virus. And, and um, just the, it's a whole fear-based deal yeah. that's going down. So for me, my, my mindfulness, my, my yoga practice, my meditation practice, which we call sadhana, which means my personal daily dis- you know, spiritual discipline. Oh, has um, it's been off and on because I have I have first admit it I'm human I've been overwhelmed uh, in the midst of all this absolutely I went into a a pretty intense state of low energy I'd say it was in April and May yeah, yeah. Uh, they call it depression yeah uh, but I did go into that state but I knew that I was going through this state for a reason mm. so thankfully you know I do have that awareness but I just pulled everything back together in a different way and started anew. And every day is like that. And so if we can have that approach of beginner's mind with every, really every single moment, Mm. like how do I address this? Perhaps there's a huge trigger that comes in out of nowhere. How do I address that mindfully? And breath is key. Mm -hmm. Just be conscious of your breathing. And uh, yeah, so I just think that this, in particular, Kundalini yoga is vital for us to know about be aware of and have the ability to practice in some shape or fashion on a daily basis. And it's a, it's a quantum practice. You can get a very strong experience in as little as three minutes. Mm. Yeah. But daily commitment is key. Yeah. Well, I want to get into some of the details about it, but I was curious, um, you know, you, what you experienced in, in April is, I mean, I certainly felt that too. And that that general lowering of the energy and, and to have to pull yourself out of that. uh, How, how did you activate your mindfulness practice in that time? Did you find that you had to do more of it or more intensity? Did it change or was it just re-awaring your, becoming aware again of it or how did it help you? Well, I didn't force anything. Uh-huh. I just embraced the fact that I was experiencing some very that I was experiencing some very low energy mm-hmm. and that I needed to just sit with that. Because typically I'm in a pretty high vibe state. And so for me it was just a matter of stepping back and maybe I took a nap mm-hmm. during the day or maybe I really made myself go out and take a walk in nature. Because in the midst of all this, I've moved to Las Vegas. Right. And Las Vegas is totally shut down or was totally shut down at that time. Right. 
So, um, yeah, it was just a matter of day by day processing it. And then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back on the bandwagon. And yeah, I went into a pretty intense practice, two and a half hours. Wow. Starting at 3.30 in the morning for 40 days. Oh my gosh. But that's me. Yeah. You know, that's what I needed. And it it totally brought me out of that funk, Mm -hmm. but it was a reset. Yeah. So it was a big reset and, um, yeah, and then... Now I'm doing something else with my practice. I'm doing uh, some things that are 31 minutes. Uh So, yeah. Well, two things I want to just really emphasize about that. I really appreciate you saying how um, it's important to just just be in whatever you're feeling. And, mm-hmm. and for everybody listening, our students, our faculty, everybody, just to, to realize that, I think that's been a great learning tool for everyone right now. So I really appreciate that that you, you said that in your experience too. And for everyone out there listening, that that is a great way to approach this, to just, yeah. to just allow it to be whatever it needs to be right now. Yeah, so. we, we don't want to marinate in it. Right. But we do want to acknowledge it. Yes. So when when we can walk in the valley of our own shadows, how empowering is that? Yeah. How, Im- that is incredibly empowering. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, like I say, we don't want to, um, we don't want to marinate in it, but we, I like to verbalize it as swamping. You know, <laughs> you really just want to get in the swamp and feel. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. The other thing that you said that I'd love to just center on a bit is is that your practice can evolve and change. And I think with some students or with some people coming to a mindfulness practice, mm-hmm. they feel like, okay, I'm going to get into this thing and then I have to be like meditating for an hour a day. They feel the very specificity of it. Mm. and But that sounds like um, uh, very rigid. And, and I love what you were saying that your practice has changed, that at one time of the day it was getting up at 3.30 in the morning and doing hours. And maybe now you're in a time where you're doing something different. And so I wondered if you could maybe to help reinforce that idea of the evolution of a mindfulness practice, Mm -hmm. maybe you could share a bit about how your practice has changed over the years. Well, it it varies all the time. Mm. It really does. And I love that because I like change and I like things to be consistent, but yet different. Yeah. That's kind of a paradox. But, no, that makes sense. Um, so for me, I like the the um, the structure yet non-structure of being able to pick and choose what I want. But there's specific formulas to this, this technology. Okay. So there's a 40-day practice, a 90-day practice, a 120-day practice, and then there's a 1,000-day practice. And then there's also a formula that ties into that of three minutes, 11 minutes, 22 minutes, 31 minutes, 62 minutes, two and a half hours. Oh. So it's it's very precise what you're doing with your neuron repatterning. Oh, okay. Uh, based on those formulas of timelines within days and timelines within the exact time that you're practicing. Oh, I see. And then there's all, <laughs> it's a very in-depth practice. And this is all specific to Kundalini? Well, it does somewhat go across the board in most spiritual disciplines. Okay. Because that leads me to talk about the Amrit Vila, okay. which is a two and a half hour window before the sun comes up um. and a two and a half hour window before the sun goes down. And this is where the Earth's electromagnetic field is a little thinner and there's a di- per- perfect diagonal connection, to, and it's exactly where you are on the planet because it obviously shifts. Yeah. 
to that location geographically on the planet at that two and a half hour window prior to the sun coming up. And it's known as the hour of nectar, the ambrosial hour. Wow. So it's in all traditions, it's mentioned, all traditions, all spiritual disciplines, Uh uh, Native American, uh, Jewish, Uh um, Christian, um, uh, the yogic, the Chinese, everything. It's all talked about that particular element of prayer time and devotional time. Right. So you get much more bang for your buck if you set your alarm and get up at 530 AM and do a a 30 minute practice. That's cool. Which is doable. Yeah. Right. I love that you put it in such great perspective. You get more bang for your buck. I mean, that's awesome. I'm all about that. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Well, that's a great moment to stop for our first song. (laughs) When we come back, I'd love to get into some of the more specifics of the Kundalini practice and and why you love that and everything like that. So, but first, I have some music for you. Gosh, you know, I have so many cool things to play. Um, the first song that I'm going to play, I- I've been listening to this band called Bocante, and um, I played one of their songs, uh, I think, in early September on the show. But um, this one is a, a, a sort of a, a collaboration with the Metropole Orchest and Jules Buckley and Bocante. And the song title is Baud La May. Pa Luen. So you're listening to the Apex Hour. It's KSUU Thunder 91.1.
everyone well we are back um this is lynn vartan you're listening to the apex hour that song is called bod lan me pa luen and the artist is um primarily bocante um and just a reminder we were talking about all the songs on the apex hour if you want to go to our website which is seu.edu slash apex um there and then you go to the podcast tab um there is the played on apex hour uh spotify playlist which is um, public and accessible to everyone. So if you're curious about the music we've got, um, it's all there. All right, but we are going to get back into talking about meditation, wellness, yoga, and I'd like to welcome back Mandeep. 
Sanam. All right. So I want to talk about really the specifics of Kundalini. I know that that is your um, particular area of devotion and specialty. And I, I'm, we were just talking about over the break, and I'd love to get into some of the specifics. Like, I didn't realize that that music or sound was such a part of it and all of the other things. So if you could give us a little more uh, detail on what is Kundalini, what is a Kundalini practice? Well, the Kundalini itself refers to the energy that exists in all living things. It's a life force energy. And in humans, it exists as a dormant spiral that sits at the base of the spine, just below the navel point. Um, And you have to do something very specific to activate it and get it to rise up in a three and a half cycle spiral pattern, which when it does that, it activates the chakra system, the seven internal chakras and the eighth Eight, uh, external chakra, it activates uh, them in a way that's a very uh, high vibe and uh, all working together on a higher frequency, which affects your glandular system, enhances your nervous system, brings your brain into a new neural pathway ultra uber consciousness, and you have this epic experience. I know that sounds pretty fantastic, but it it actually happens all the time. So with Kundalini, uh, yoga, which is my, I love Kundalini yoga. I had practiced other yogas for many years prior to discovering Kundalini about 14 years ago. And it actually discovers you is how it works. When you're ready, the Kundalini comes in. Wow. So uh, it's, a, it's a technology that's involved, uh, that involves breath, very specific, unique breath practices, mantra, which are sounds, encoded frequency sounds, really powerful encoded frequencies. Mm. Um, movement, a lot of diagonal movement, cut through obstacles, etc. And um, let's see, so mantra, breath, and movement. Mm. And then the key element or the key um, uh, focus is to move into a meditative space. And so this meditative space is where uh, things become like in your altered state. Oh. You bring in a new frequency, a new neural pathway begins to emerge. And your frequency shifts to match that neural pathway and vice versa. Okay. So I spoke in the conference about this unified field. Right. This is a concept that's, that's becoming more and more relevant and scientific. The unified field has to do with the field of energy that's within us, within you, and the field of energy that exists outside of us. In other words, the universe energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything is vibration. Everything. This mic is vibration. You know, it's a bunch of molecules vibrating and creating this microphone. Right. So when we're in the unified field, our vibration internally and then the outside vibration are perfectly matched. Mm. And so it becomes this beautiful, rhythmic, perfectly rhythmic experience. And it there's Taurus referred, which is this like cosmic donut that surrounds us. And it's a replenishing, renourishing, um, elevating consciousness of a field that we can establish very readily and steadily and and uh, operate on a daily basis with this intact all the time. And the kundalini, I mean, when you practice kundalini yeah. yoga, mm-hmm. you are trying to activate that energy spiral within yourself yep. that then therefore can connect to all of these things. That's right. That's just so fascinating. And 
Uh, I didn't realize, um, as we've been talking about it today, I didn't realize that movement was such a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You had mentioned in the break that even dance can be a part of it. Tell me about that part. Well, dance is an expression of communication. Right, right. It's it's a full form. It's a free, free flowing form of communication. Right. So it can be ecstatic, it can be mournful, you know, it can be whatever it is that you're wishing to express. But when you just are free flowing dancing, or ecstatic dance, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And it again, it, it builds your kundalini energy. Yeah. Yeah. It builds it. Right. And then and strengthens it. The musical part, the mantras that you were, the sonic part that you were yeah. talking about as part of Kundalini classes or as part of activating, um, trying to connect with this energy and get it, get the spiral going mm-hmm. up your spine and up your system. So that uh, those sort of mantras, those musical sounds are designed specifically to resonate with certain parts of your body to make that happen? How does that work? It's specifically working with your tongue, which is the largest sensory organ of the body, and the 84 meridian points, which are on the roof of the mouth, which the pituitary gland sits just above that. Mm -hmm. So the pituitary then begins to vibrate according to the specific rhythmic vibration that the mantra is encoding it to create, and and with the tongue. So there's a lot going on just from that. But mm-hmm. then the pituitary also signals the pineal gland, mm-hmm. which is your master gland in the center of your brain. And all the glandular system comes online when okay. you do that. So it's like a computer. Uh-huh. When you uh, plug in the correct operating system, everything starts to flow pretty dramatically. Right, right. And operate pretty smoothly. Okay, so the sounds that you can make, like we were doing ong, O-N-G, yeah. you know, can then, your tongue can then connect to those systems mm-hmm. and make it go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so when we, even sometimes there's English uh, uh, mantras, like I am, oh. I am, and then we have another one, I am bountiful, I am blissful, I am beautiful. Oh. So there, there's, the, there's a couple more English ones, but the most powerful ones are in the language of Gurmukhi. Okay. Which Gurmukhi essentially comes from northern India, and it means from the mouth of the Guru. Uh So back in those times, so this was, we're talking about not that long ago, 700 years ago, not, I mean, relatively speaking, that's like a, you know, snap of a finger. Right. (laughs) But um, the consciousness then was all about everything as far as the Guru, Mm -hmm. being outside of you. You have to go to a guru to get this in, enlightened, uh, to have this enlightening experience. You have to be uh, the guru's protege or apprentice for however many years and or, you know, whatever, right? It was this arduous process to become enlightened and you had to go to someone to get it. Well, it's not like that anymore. Right. We are our own guru. And this is, I think, what all of these, the COVID and just everything else, what, what is being maybe established And I say maybe because there's so much uncertainty, but I would like to think, this is what I propose, that our ownership of being our own guru, G-U-R-U, is in process. And the sooner that we take up that space and that awareness of, I am my own self-initiator. I have everything I need inside of me. That doesn't mean that you're a standalone and you have to do everything alone. What that means is 
come into your empowerment, stand up for yourself, be collective in that standing up with others, and hence change happens. Oh, I love that. Isn't that cool? Yes, that oh, is That's so what cool. I propose. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wants to, if somebody listening wants, you know, is listening and going, yeah, 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 I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Okay, what do I do next? <laughs> what, what would you tell that person listening right now? Well, there's lots of ways that you can experience Kundalini Yoga. Um, there are several platforms online that I highly recommend, and I will be establishing also a channel online. I am um, building a center in Las Vegas. It will be called the Kundalini Collective. So it's Kundalini, K-U-N-D-A-L-N-L, excuse me, K-U-N-D-A-L-I-N-I, and then Collective with a K. Uh, yoga.com. So that's my website. And from there, you'll be able to tap into online classes, okay. which will be live streamed, very affordable and, you know, available. Great. And we have social media, IG and F, uh, Facebook active now, okay. which we're doing classes, uh, live streaming from my garden, from my backyard until oh, okay. we open on Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m., Pacific time. Okay. And 10 to 11 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. So those are happening every week right now. Right now they are. We just started them. And so uh, is come one, come all. Do you need any experience? Do you need any no. special gear? No. Nope. What, what, if I want to take one next week, what do I need? Well, what okay. Do do? So let me retract that. Yeah. I want you to be well hydrated. I encourage you to be well hydrated and have water next to you. Wear loose, comfortable clothes. Don't have a lot of food in your tummy. So you don't really want to eat a big meal and then go sit down and do a Kundalini class because we do this crazy breath technique known as the breath of fire. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have a full tummy doing breath of fire. Okay. Yeah. That's not very comfortable. <laughs> um, but Really, that's all you need. I mean, you can have a yoga mat. You can sit in a chair. Uh, you can sit outside on the grass. And no so problem. in comparison to other yoga classes, just so people kind of know what to expect, mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's some movement, but it's not what you would think of as a physical fitness type yoga class. Actually, it is. It's, oh, okay. it's very physical. It can be okay. very physically challenging. Okay. Absolutely. If you're holding your arms up in the air for 30 minutes... Okay. Or 11 minutes. I don't want to scare anybody off. But we're doing real specific things with heart, stomach, uh, lungs, meridians, when we're doing things like that. They're that in see. the wrists, the elbows, the shoulders, and across the chest. So yeah, no, there, there's definitely physical um, uh, health benefits. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Hatha Yoga at all. Okay. It, it really isn't. It's very, very different from Hatha Yoga. Right, right. And what sort of feelings might one expect from a class? Like, will they feel emotionally raw or <laughs> at peace or what, you know, just trying to give everyone as much sure. uh, info as possible? Well, it, it varies. I mean, sometimes you can just have tears come up Wow! and you're having a release. Yeah. And um, it's like, I just encourage if that happens, just let it flow. Yeah. Okay. And then other times you may feel like laughing hysterically and you're like, I'm such an idiot. What's going on? But then it's like, no, it's all good. There's something being released. Yeah. So it, it's such a, it's such a huge energetic and with the energy, there's emotions attached to it. So typically when we're done with Kundalini class, because we always finish with a beautiful relaxation and in my classes, I play the gongs. Mm -hmm. 
people float out of the class. I mean, they may come in in the most raw, PO'd, <laughs> everything is horrible, nothing's going my way. Yeah. And then they walk out and they're like, oh man, I'm, I'm good. I can deal with whatever. Okay, great. Because there's some real situations that where it's yeah. warranted that you may feel that way. Right. And and you've worked with people with addiction sure. and this kind of thing too. So mm-hmm. trauma, I mean, it can be small or big, you know, and, and sure. there's something in it for everyone. So yeah, we all have issues in our tissues. Oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> well, time for another song, you know, that, cool. but that's great. But before I want to make sure we reiterate the, the website, Kundalini collective yoga.com collective is with a K. Um, and then from there, you can find Instagram, Facebook, and the live classes are being streamed right now from there. Um, uh, and you said on Wednesdays, Wednesdays and Sundays, Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Well, I have another song for you. And this is another group that I adore. It's Ibei. Um, Those of you who have been longtime listeners totally know I love these two, um, (laughs) these two young women. And this song of theirs is called Weatherman. You're listening to KSEU Thunder 90.
Okay, well, welcome back, everyone. That song was called Weatherman, and the artist is Ibei, one of my favorites. They're just so great. Check them out. Um, you're listening to KSU Youth under 91.1. This is the Apex Hour. I am joined in the studio with Mandeep, and we were ta- we are talking about meditation and wellness and the Kundalini practice. Um, welcome back. And Thank you. I want to get into some of the other things. Over the break, we were talking about some of the more, um, you know, for lack of a better word, not risque elements, because we're going to talk just a bit about the the tantric aspects of of a practice like this kundalini aspect, a kundalini practice, and how it relates to one's um, love life or intimate life. And so, can you talk just a bit about how? how it touches into those sort of deeper systems in the body. Yeah. So this energy, um, when it comes, when it rises up, it activates the lower chakra system first, because that's primarily where it sits. Part of that system is the second chakra, which is your sexual energy center, your sacral center. And so when this energy rises up, that, that particular energy center really comes awakened. Mm. And as yogis, we take the sexual energy and we transmute it into a higher vibration because it's all it's naturally in a lower vibration state. It's a primal energy, which right. we, we all wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sexual energy. Right. Right. And sex is not bad. Let's just get that right out of the <laughs> gate. It's actually wonderful and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um, but we want to elevate the experience of having a sexual relationship, a sexual experience. And in Kundalini, when the sexual energy rises, it becomes uh, connected with your third eye, hmm. the sixth chakra, which it, it just enhances the creativity and the intuitive elements mm. of your awareness. Yeah. So we, we want to activate that energy in a way that's a very uh, high vibe, in a very high vibe scenario. But in class, you know, you might get a little turned on <laughs> and that's okay. Right. When when you're turned on, everything else gets turned on. Right. Being turned on is is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I encourage that because that means you're really feeling your body. Right. And often people are walking around like kind of zombies from the neck down. They they're turned off. So when you turn on, it's great. Uh, but you do need to understand that this is an energy that you're working with, and you know we don't want you to go out and be reckless or uh, do something that could be detrimental or destructive. Of course, yeah. Um, so, uh, cause there is, there are addictions to sex for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're not addressing, we're not addressing that, but what we're addressing is that we encourage you to get turned on and feel turned on in Kundalini class is a byproduct of that's really good. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool perk. I love how you talk about it connecting to intuition, intuitiveness, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. a, again, it's, it's really just connecting very, very deeply to who you are right. and, and to the world around you, um, yeah. including the people around you and, and all of that. So sure. Thanks and for a, sharing that. Of course. And a tantra practice refers to a tantric practice refers to working with the sacral chakra energy. Right. So there's different types of tantric energy. There's red, there's white, and there's black. Oh, they're color-based. Yes, they're color-based. Oh, I didn't realize that. So the red tantric is primarily based on literal sexual activity. Wow, Kama Sutra and all of that is a red tantric practice. Beautiful practice. Black tantric has to do with the dark force, the occult 
and all of that. Oh, wow. So, so that we, you know, I'm not interested in, but it is available. It is there. And then there's the white tantric. And the white tantric utilizes all the energy of the entire chakra system and really works on elevation of all of that energy in a way that's manifesting. Mm. And, um, well, it's just a manifesting energy, mm-hmm. for sure, the white tantric. And it's usually practiced in a group setting. Right. So that's all tantric passive. That's yeah. a whole nother, you know, realm of activity. Yeah. And Kundalini is definitely a part of the white tantric realm. I see. Okay. Well, that's very interesting to learn yeah. about. Um, I, that sort of brought to mind another aspect of things, which is um, medicine, you know, mm-hmm. or, and I've heard the term medicinal meditation or medical meditation. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about that. I wondered if you could maybe help educate me and our listeners on what that means. Well, there's, there, this is what Yogi Bhajan taught us in, in, in specifically this medical meditation, uh, for dealing with, um, recovering with, from addiction. Oh. So it's where we take our thumbs and we, we press our fingers into the pads of the hands and then we extend our thumbs out and then we use the pads of the thumbs to press into the temples on either side and then you stretch your elbows out and you vibrate the mantra satanama as you clench and unclench your back molars and he was very specific about this being a medical meditation and he said that it's, it was very cutting edge when he gave it and he said science and medical science won't understand this for quite a long time, huh. uh, but it does work medically, meaning that it affects the whole system and it medically alters your biochemistry. Oh, wow. I know. It's pretty rad. So medical meditation is known uh, for uh, habit- to uh, deal and clear habituation. Okay. And habituation can come in all forms, shapes, and sizes. I see. It can be an addiction to shopping. Right. It can be an addiction to social media. It can <sighs> it can be an addiction to sex. It can right. be an addiction to food. It can be whatever. Right. right? I mean, there's <laughs> there's a world of possibilities in that realm. Yeah. So this is a very specific meditation, medical meditation to address that and change it. And and so medical meditation then is is really specified to to that. To yes, addiction. that's that's what it's called. Medical meditation for habituation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's really for that specific thing. I didn't, yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty radical. Uh, but he was very specific in saying that this is a cutting edge meditation and that science, particularly medical science, won't understand it completely for a very, very long time. But he was going to go ahead and give it to us as practitioners of yoga to have it and utilize it. Wow. And have you, because I know you've worked with uh, people overcoming addiction. Have you used this? Oh, I overcame my own addiction. So, oh, really? With it? Sure. Yeah. So you absolutely. I have a personal experience with it. Proof and and Mm -hmm. have the experience that it works. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a very powerful practice. Okay. What about the connection to alchemy uh, and and the the alchemy practices and and that kind of thing? Um, I was wondering if you had any experience with that. And and we were talking about some of the metals and things like that. But um, I hear people talk about alchemy, particularly with more meditation than with yoga. But I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the, those cross references. Well, alchemy, as I understand it, is where you take one 
uh, element and you transform it into a completely other element, different element. Right. Right. So in practicing Kundalini, you could say that it's an alchemical response that we have every time we practice Kundalini because you shift whatever your state is in to a different state. So that's the energetic alchemy. What I really like to, to um, focus on as far as alchemy and, and what I offer is through the gongs and the seven sacred metal bowls. So initially when I started out with sound vibration, healing sound vibration, it was with the glass infused uh, spun bowls, which are made from a machine. They're beautiful, they're powerful, they're lovely to listen to, they're extraordinarily relaxing. But at a certain point, um, just it was just a very organic process, I became aware of the metal bowls and the gongs, and they almost happened simultaneously. Oh, really? This These products are made, or these sacred instruments are made very ritually. They're, they're very ritualized. They're all hammered out by hand. There's no machines involved. They're, they're very, uh, very artistically created. So there's a whole al- alchemy that occurs. Mm-hmm. You take these seven specific metals. Yeah, that I wanted to ask you, the seven metals, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's <laughs> there's seven metals, and I knew you were going to ask me that. No, don't feel and, that you well, have it's to like, name them. It's like nickel, brass, brass is... Ay, ay, ay. It, there's okay. seven sep. I'm sorry. There's seven separate metals that they put together and create this alchemy that creates these seven sacred metal bowls. Mm-hmm. Okay, which are also known as Tibetan bowls, right? Or uh, healing sound healing bowls. And the gongs are made pretty much from three different metals, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can Google it, and it'll tell you what the seven metals are. And I think you were telling me before that the the metals coincide to the chakras. Yeah, they do. Okay, that's fascinating. Yes, so maybe in people's practice, if they want to, uh, if they want a little extra boost or yep. a little extra help activating sure. a certain chakra, they could f- research that metal for that. Bowl. Yeah, you could do that. Uh huh. The the bowls are always the seven se- seven metals. Uh huh. But they're tuned to the chakras. Oh, okay. And so they're okay. tuned like to C, C sharp, D, right. D flat, all, all that. So, so the pitch is related to the chakra correct. rather than a sp- the, the bowl being of a specific That's metal. right. The bowls are a blend of the seven. That's right. I got it. Okay. Yeah. And cool. s- same with the gongs. Okay. Cool. Right? Yeah. Well, great. I'm, you know, just in the time that we have left, I have one more song I'm, I'm going to play a little bit to give a shout out to my dear friend, Loire Kotler, who had a, a CD that came out this year. Um, she has visited campus before. She's a, a rhythm vocalist. And I thought that her music fit perfectly with this. This is actually a cover of Nature Boy, mm. um, which is, a you know, a, a classic, but she does it in definitely her own way. So we'll play one more musical tune, then we'll come back for our, just our last little break of talking. This is a Nature Boy, um, as realized and performed by Loire Kotler. You're listening to the Apex Hour. Say he wandered very far, very 
Welcome back. Uh, that was a Nature Boy, a cover of Nature Boy, as done by Luar Kotler. And Luar is spelled L-O-I-R-E. And Kotler is C-O-T-L-E-R. The whole album is amazing. Check it out. And that was uh, Nature Boy. This is Lynn Vartan. Uh, this is the Apex Hour. We are back for just our last little few minutes um, with Mandeep. And we now have the seven medals of alchemy <laughs> to share with you. And they Thank you, are- Google. <laughs> 
They are uh, gold, silver, mercury, copper, lead, iron, and tin. Cool. And then those come together. Those uh, are the alchemy. Yeah. And, and that's what the bowls are made out of. Correct. Okay, great. Well, in our last few minutes, I have my favorite song, uh, favorite not favorite songs, favorite questions that I like to ask everyone. So you are going to have those questions as well. <laughs> the first one is, um, if you were to meet the you of 10 years ago in a bar fight, who would win that fight? <laughs> I think it wouldn't be a matter of who would win, but that uh, my 10-year-ago uh, person would be... Um, I- Okay, hang on. Let me start over. <laughs> I don't think either person would win. I think it would be a draw and a deep friendship would be created and it would be very peaceful and off we would walk into the sunset. I love it. So no <laughs> fight at all. No, no fight. There might be a little bitchiness back and forth, just a wee bit, but you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, thanks for being a, a good sport about that <laughs> silly question, you know. Um, and then my last question is just for our listeners or for anybody wanting just another little fun insight to you or things that you love um, is uh, what's turning you on this week. And it could be anything. I mean, really, it could be a food item. It could be a book. It could be a movie. It could be a TV show. We've had run the gamut of answers. So Mandeep, what is turning you on this week? Well, I have been watching the um, the travel show with Zac Efron. Oh, yeah. And that is totally turning me on this week. I'm learning some very interesting new things about different concepts of uh, eco-sustainability and food. And plus, the two dudes that are the main stars are super easy on the eyes <laughs> and uh, funny. And it's it's a very well-produced show. I love it. I have a, it's in my queue. It's on Netflix, I believe. Yes, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's a it's a very well done show. Okay. I enjoy, I'm enjoying it and learning quite a lot. I like to learn yeah. uh, from shows. Okay. Well, that gives me, it's going to bump it to the front of my list for this weekend <laughs> then. Well, that's definitely our show for today. Mandeep, thank you for your oh, time. What a joy you. it's been today to spend time mm. with you and to share energy with you and all of that. So, so thank you dear. so much. Thank you. It was just beautiful. Waigadu. Great. Well, we will sign off and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.